0: What's up, everybody? I'm back at it. Different name, same format. The Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time! What's going on, everybody? What's up, what's up, what's up? Uh, I'm Shane Larson. It's been a few weeks since I've been able to get a podcast out, but I'm going to explain why. Uh, The last couple of weeks, I've been working on changing the name, which is why you're going to see that it's now called the Game Time Guru. So I'm your Game Time Guru, Shane Larson. I changed the name to make it a little more unique. Um, I thought that would be best for the future of the podcast, so I was changing the name. I had to come up with a new logo and have someone design it for me, so I'm still actually kind of working on finalizing a few things, but you'll notice that the logo and the name have changed, and you know that's what I've been working on the last two or three weeks. I also was taken last week to finish up a wrap that I designed for the Boise State uh, football program, um, something that I'd been working on for a while, and I decided I, I had a little bit of time, and I wanted to just finish it up, because I had written it uh, about four or five months ago, almost six months ago, and I never got to produce it, so I decided to produce it, and on that note, regarding the rap, if you want to check it out, go to the website, uh, thegametimeguru.com, it's called Embrace the Past, uh, that's the name of the rap. or you can go to SoundCloud, uh, check it out on SoundCloud. That's where it will be located, um, and you can go to my profile, uh, Shane.g.larson, and you'll find it, or just search it, Embrace the Past is the name of the rep. It's actually kind of fun. Um, I thought it was a good little, uh, good little jingle that I made. Um, I was actually proud of myself for it, so check that out. I was using last week as uh, an opportunity to work on that. So Today's show, uh, now that I'm back, it's going to consist of a quick breakdown of what's going on in the NBA right now. Uh, with Tamarcus Cousins specifically, and then um, we're going to talk a little bit about the best experiences that I've had, and I'm going to rank them for you in order from my sports experiences, like top to bottom, um, and why I became a sports addict. All right, so I know it seems a little strange. Can you hear me talk just a little bit today? I'm going to keep it semi-short for you just to get back into the rhythm. So first off, can we take a second and just kind of embrace What's been going on in the NBA with DeMarcus Cousins? Are, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so there's there's a lot that's going on right now. I wake up this morning, and my entire phone is just blown up with all these ESPN and Bleacher Report updates saying DeMarcus Cousins is going to the Pelicans. Um, and all, it was a rumor that it could happen, but no one actually thought it was going to happen. And I'm at the gym this morning, and I'm reading through the Twitter feeds like the Twitter, <laughs> Twitter comments regarding the trade, and some of them had me rolling because um, they're just hilarious. I mean, let's let's just take a look at a few of them. And you got a lot of different perspectives on this one. Uh, <laughs> some guy puts here: the Nuggets got more first-round picks for Timothy Mozgov than the Kings got for Demarcus Cousins. Boom! 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 Another one. If the Kings traded DeMarcus Cousins last summer or the summer before, like they should have, they wouldn't have been forced to settle for this. Well, that's common sense. All right, let's read. (laughs) Yeah, there's a couple of uh, funny little clips they put on here. I I I was laughing through some of them. Sacramento has gone through Jimmer Fredette, Ben McLemore, Nick Stauskas the past couple or the past several the past several years. Now they've traded Cousins for Buddy Hield. Um. So pretty much everybody's getting they're like in awe about what happened. They they can't believe it yet they can. Um if you have friends who are Kings fans, hug them. Can't believe that's all Sack got in a trade for a player Boogie's caliber of Boogie's Caliber. Oh, that's Chris Herring. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh now here's here's something that I, I was li- uh reading, and it, it's from Bill Simmons. He's my favorite analyst. Like he really is. Um he's he's got his own podcast called The Ringer. And Bill Simmons is a genius. Some people hate him. I absolutely love him. I really do. Because he brings this unique perspective to his analysis. And I know he's a Boston homer, like he's from back there, and that's fine. Um, And he's very open about that. The thing is, when he breaks things down, at least he sees something in him. He goes, feels like there's more to this boogie trade. Kings moved abruptly and got 40 cents on dollar. I bet something happened behind the scenes. While everyone else is sitting here like you know, obviously bashing him because it seems like the stupidest move in the history of the NBA uh, or one of them. I mean, at least he he takes a second to take a step back and say, well, you know, there's got to be a reason. Like, no one's that dumb. (laughs) Like, well, then again, it's the Kings. But um, he did also make another good point. Um, Boogie and AD is fascinating on paper. I love that trade for New Orleans. They could always flip Boogie this summer if it doesn't work. Good point. I mean, they've got him to see, and to go along with that, they've got him for the rest of the year. Um, some guy here, oh, Michael Levin, that's right, he tweeted out a really interesting uh, point here, he said, this is a ridiculous thought, but the Pelicans are gunning for that eight seed, and I have no idea how Golden State covers Boogie and AD. That's yeah, a good point right there, um, let's let's take a second to to look at that. The, the the Warriors don't have any size. I mean, they've got Javale McGee, who's playing one of his best or most efficient seasons since he's been in the NBA. And everyone knew he had potential, and he just needed to be in a system that worked for him, where he's just kind of like the tenth option, and that's what they utilize him for. He comes in, gets the work done, goes sits on the bench. I mean, it's not like he's out there playing forty minutes a game. Um, but outside of that, like they don't have a big guy. Like they don't, have, and let alone two that can play at that caliber. And last year, let's take a look at this. Last year, the Warriors were getting destroyed, and they should have lost to the Thunder. They should have. The Thunder gave that up more than the Warriors came back on them. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that Ibaka and Adams were destroying Golden State on the boards, just destroying them. They were just killing them. They were more physical. Um, they were crashing boards. They were just wearing them down. And then obviously you had Durant and Westbrook who could, you know, be your scoring factor. So it's a little different. But if you take two guys the caliber of Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis, those they they have almost identical statistics this year um, averaging 28 and 10. And it's unreal. Like if you take those two guys and just go at it, you're, you're one going to dominate the boards 2 you're going to put golden state in a position where they're going to get in foul trouble. There's nothing else they can do because they're not going to be able to match up with them. So as soon as their big guys are out, cause JaVale McGee can't play more than 15 minutes a game. As soon as their big guys are out, the other guys are going to get pushed around or they're going to have to foul them. You might find yourself in an interesting. Uh, first round series. I'm just letting you know, like people are going to think that's crazy, but when I read this from Michael Levin, that tweet that he sent out, I honestly, like that's a really interesting thought. If you can get this thing to start rolling before the end of the year and New Orleans can find a rhythm, man, um that could be an interesting first round matchup. Do I think they win? No. I don't think they have enough firepower around them to get it done. But do I think they make it more interesting than what people are saying? Heck yeah. I think they don't get swept. And people are going to say, I'm crazy for that too. Oh, Golden State will roll right through them in the playoffs when it comes to playoff time. Nah. Nah, I don't know. Take take a second before you like start freaking out. Take a second to step back and realize like there are some matchups that can cause problems. Uh, a buddy of mine at work actually said the same thing regarding the Eastern Conference. Let's say the Cavs, this is before the Cavs started going back on a roll and Toronto was actually looking pretty good. But I mean, it's the same concept. Like, if Philadelphia could somehow pull it off and and find a way to make it into the eighth seed, which they probably won't, uh, but it's. I mean, they're looking a lot better now with their young talent and they're getting Simmons back. Um, but I mean, if they can find a way to get back into playoff contention, and then like they match up with someone like Toronto or now it's going to probably be Boston or Cleveland. Cleveland's probably going to get the one seed, but if if anyone out lasts them it's going to be Boston gets the one seed um but before when it was Toronto like it's just all about matchups we were he was talking about like hey Philly could uh cause that problem and and that's a bad matchup for Toronto that could be a a first round exit for them um and I know that's not the situation now it's not where the playoffs are looking at like the, the playoff seedings are looking at looking like right now but it's the same concept if New Orleans could get into the playoffs they match up pretty well as far as like their size could cause some problems but they probably won't win. I'm just saying. I agree with this tweet that this guy made. Anywho, I thought it was hilarious. I don't know what the Kings are doing. I really don't. Maybe there is something going on behind the scenes like come on now though. Like that is that is absurd. And New Orleans just hit the jackpot. Um assuming that Anthony Davis decides he's going to stay there, maybe this is their way to do it. Let's see how they can uh let's see how they can mesh the rest of the season and We'll uh we'll see how it all goes, man. Like I'm excited to see <laughs> the rest of this one. Um, I'm a fan of Cousins. I don't like his attitude. I don't like his maturity level. His teammates haven't liked playing with him. But maybe this is what he needs. He needs to change a scenery. He needs to be on a a team that's on the rise and not this team that's just stagnant and sitting there. Um, the Kings are awful, man. Just pure garbage. <laughs> Let's just be real. Their organization is awful. Uh, it was funny because the Wikipedia page somebody changed it to say sacramento kings are the saddest american professional basketball team based in sacramento california (laughs) i was rolling reading some of these today it was great so it's it's true kings are done man at one time when i was a young kid the kings were the team like that was it was like scary to play in sacramento they were so loud they had the best fans of basketball now man it is awful they are just terrible or like Charles Barkley would say, they are terrible, terrible. It's just awful though, awful basketball. So, when I started this podcast um, a few months ago, I decided I wanted to, um, ex- I wanted to share my experiences with my my viewers, my listeners. I wanted everybody to hear what I've been able to experience as a sports fan because I think it's it's something that everyone should experience, and so I, I came up with a list of all the sporting events that I've been to, and I'm going to stick to football for now, so that's not, I shouldn't say all, um, all my football events that I've been to, and I put them in a, in a list of my top events that I've, I've been to, the top experiences, um, I'll do another segment where I break down, um, basketball and some baseball as well, um, so everybody can see, like, all the different things, like, we'll break it by sport, um, but, the reason i would become a sports addict was because at a very young age, I would go with my family, specifically my uncle. Uh, my uncle used to take me to all the Boise State uh, basketball games when Roberto Bergeson was playing. Um, he was a big name here in, in the Valley of in, in the Treasure Valley. His He made it to the NBA, um, but didn't really make it. Got cut before the season started. Uh, but he did play overseas for quite a while and played in the D League for a little bit. Now, it used to be the CBA, and then I don't know if he actually... Made it in the d league and whatnot, but played for the Idaho Stampede, which was our local pro team. Um, but he's he's a big name here in Idaho. Um, everybody uh, knew him and, and rooted for him, and he was my favorite basketball player. So my uncle used to take me to all those games, and then I started going to the football games as well. Even when the Boise State football program was just awful, like just pure garbage. You could go up to the gate, get a ticket before the game started and go sit pretty much wherever you wanted back then. Um, they were just terrible. <laughs> they were bad. So, but I started going to all those games and I became like, that That used to be my, I guess you could call it my drug. That used to be what got me the high on life. I got, I looked forward to it. Like it, basketball games were in the middle of the week sometimes and being in third, fourth and fifth grade, my uncle would take me to those games. I'd be so excited. And then I'd go to school the next day and I'd tell all my friends about what happened to the game. I was so excited. So, my sports addiction started a long time ago. And while some people were watching Sesame Street, I was watching Sports Center. Okay. That's what, and that's what I'm going to have my kid do as well. Like, I want him to be able to watch Sports Center so that him and I can discuss sports together when uh, we're having our downtime. Obviously, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to limit him to Sports Center. He can watch his cartoons if he wants to watch his cartoons. But um, I was, that was just what interested me when I was young. So, I would always have ESPN on in the background. And even when I got older, I would fall asleep. Like when I say older, I meant like in my late teens, like 18, 19 years old. uh, If I fell asleep on the couch in the living room, I'd turn on ESPN and I'd fall asleep to ESPN. I just felt like it would give me my sports knowledge that I needed in my sleep. So when I woke up, I had all that that I needed to, to have in my brain. So at a young age, probably about second, third grade is when I started truly realizing that sports was my passion and that's what I wanted to do the rest of my life now like every kid I I thought I was going to play professionally and at the college level and even beyond that I was like oh well I'm going to play 10 years in the NFL then I'm going to play five years in the NBA and I think I'm going to go you know two years in hockey because it's not my favorite sport and then maybe a year of baseball because that's just how I was I just thought that I was going to play every sport I was like I'm going to be a running back for Ohio State University just like Eddie George And that didn't work out. Then I realized, you know, like I've said it many times, I realized I was a six foot two white boy from Idaho who could probably, if I were to try running a 40 yard dash, maybe run it in 5.5 seconds when I was in (laughs) high school. I mean, I wasn't the fastest thing on earth. I mean, I was semi-athletic, but I was never fast. And I still am not the fastest thing on earth. Like I just, I realized who I was, but sports remained my passion and, and I, I still compete when I can in the City League games and stuff like that. I still love to play. I still love to watch. I still love to analyze. Sports are my passion. Began at a very young age. So I wanted to give you guys my top experiences. Starting off with number one, we're going to break down the top five, then I'll give you my honorable mention afterwards. So starting off at number one, okay, Fiesta Bowl 2007. This was a trip that I got to take with my buddy. He's my best friend, and his dad, and and his uncle, and his cousin. Um, so I took this trip with my buddy and his father. We drove to Salt Lake City, about a four-and-a-half, five-hour drive from where we live here. Uh, flew from Salt Lake down to Phoenix, and we got to experience This was the first big game Boise State had been to during the BCS era. It was the first time that we've been traveling for a major game like that, and I was 18 years old. Man, the game, not only so the game is part of the experience, but it's the entire fact of like where you're at. And Arizona in January, when Idaho's freezing cold and snowing, Arizona's like 65 degrees, amazing. Uh, so we roll in there, and it was my first time being to Arizona, so I was like, this is unbelievable. Weather was incredible, and then the game came around, and that's when Boise State threw the pick six with like a minutes, a minute and a few seconds left on the clock. To go down by seven after they had been leading the entire game, totally collapsed at the end, and then it was fourth and 18. they dialed up the hook and ladder, and they scored a touchdown with very, very few seconds left on the clock, right? less than a minute left on the clock, scored a touchdown on a fourth and 18 hook and ladder, which never works. It's only like something you'd play in like NCAA on, on the PlayStation or whatever. so that that goes down and then in overtime when they went for two. Instead of instead of trying to tie the game, and they did the Statue of Liberty, and they scored the two point conversion and won the game. We were right there, you know, um, right in front of where the hook and ladder happened. We we experienced it all—an emotional roller coaster of a game. Uh, my nerves were shot. My buddy's nerves were shot. We hadn't experienced anything like that, but then we were so happy. Oh man, the enjoyment just winning that game and then I know it sounds awful but looking at the Oklahoma fans and how devastated they were oh it was just the best feeling in the world sometimes that feeling is just phenomenal I know it's awful to say that but like just seeing how upset they were that they lost to this lower tier Boise State University program on some trick plays that probably shouldn't have worked if they were smarter than us but too bad man we took them down and oh man it was one of the best thing that's ever happened to me and so that's when I like I turned 18 that was when I was 18 and then and I I started thinking I was like man I got to start traveling to some games I want to travel to these games and experience all these different things not just at Boise State's home field but I want to do this on the road too because when you're on the road you feel like a family with the people around you and I've said this before I'll bring it up right now on my next one Virginia Tech number two We went and played Virginia Tech in Washington, D.C. Well, it was actually Landover, Maryland, but we were at the FedEx field, and it was basically D.C., playing Virginia Tech, which was a neutral field, but it really wasn't. They brought close to 80,000 fans. We had a little less than 10,000 fans with us. We're right about 10,000. And I've said it before on my my first podcast. Man, we felt like a family there. See, that was my first year getting to experience Kellen Moore because – when he came into the program as a freshman in 2008, Kellen Moore's a big name um, in Boise, I was um, living in Brazil serving a mission for my church. So I didn't get to experience the first two seasons that he had. Uh, but in 2010, I got to see who Kellamore Moore really was. And it was so awesome watching that game and watching him dissect the defense one by one, or just one play at a time. Even if it was the most simplest pass, like it was the most simple pass, boom, to the outside. He found the open receiver every single time. And our defense was just amazing. And I had never, like this crowd was like huge and loud and passionate. Their fans were incredible. Those are true fans. Virginia Tech has true fans. Their 60-year-olds are jumping up and down, screaming the entire game. We're screaming the entire game. Man, it was insane. And then the final drive to come in and, and to score a touchdown with a play action and then throw it across the middle over the top to Austin Pettis to get that game-winning touchdown, man. And again, I know this sounds awful, but to watch all the, the Hokie fans walking out of that stadium devastated, just like, what just happened to our season? We just lost the first game of the season to Boise State University. What just happened to our season? It was the best feeling just absolutely just amazing just watching them leave even though i liked them and i respected them i was still really happy that they were disappointed i just find joy in that that's an awful trait for me but i just oh i love it amazing time not to mention we spent a full like five days in washington dc downtown uh my best friend and i got to walk around and we got to go to all these cool places man we just walked around and experienced the city it we we made the most of it man like it was a Incredible opportunity, and I would suggest that anybody who has that opportunity to go travel go do it, man, especially if you're younger, do it now uh, and and you can be smart about traveling at that time. I wasn't smart, I was just spending as much money as I had available because I didn't have a family at the time uh now you can find ways of doing it um that's not a discussion I'll get in here as far as like credit card rewards points, but like I'll be real with you like I've got to experience. A couple of these trips that I'm about to mention, almost for free, uh, minus the game tickets, because of the credit card rewards points I got for some of my my credit cards that I used. Um, I'm not in credit card debt or anything like that, but I got the rewards points and was able to use them. Um, so I'll explain that here. <laughs> the next one, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, my very first and only so far Cowboys game that I got to go to was uh, in 2014, uh, and they were taking on... Uh, Arizona they were taking the Cardinals um and that was a really surprising season for the Cowboys that was the same year that Dez Bryant caught the ball against the Packers but they said it was a no catch even though it was um and we were coming out hot that season it was really unexpected and that was when you know DeMarco Murray was killing it everybody was crushing it that year um but the week before we went to that game uh, Romo goes down. It was awful. Romo goes down, gets hurt. So he was out for one game and he he happened to be out the game that we went down there for. But the experience itself was amazing because I got to, uh, I got to see the stadium that everybody wants to see. And that's the Dallas Cowboys stadium. I got to witness that. It was awesome. We went on the tour, got to go through the locker rooms, got to go on the field, got to sit up in the press box, man, everybody should do that. Whether you're a Cowboys fan or not. That is history. Like you're walking through the stadium and it's a pretty long tour and going through the hallways, they've got pictures upon pictures upon pictures of their history. Man, there's a lot of history in football. I got to see pictures of stuff before I was even born, but like stories that I know because of my uncle, the same uncle that took me to all those Boise State games. He's the same uncle I went to the Dallas Cowboys game with because he got me into sports. Man, what an incredible opportunity to go to that stadium. Even though the game didn't pan out how we wanted it to, I got to watch Brandon Whedon with one of his first starts of his... Oh, I think it was his first start with the Cowboys. Just absolutely suck and show us who he truly was as a quarterback. Just awful. I had so much hope for him as a backup for the Cowboys, and he proved me absolutely wrong. Um, but beyond that, though, like we still actually had a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. We were still there. So... The game was good. It wasn't like a blowout or anything like that. The game was good, so it was still a good experience for the game. But the whole being to Texas, going through that experience for the first time, and getting to go to an NFL game. There's a different different excitement about the NFL games than the college games. I'll say that the NFL game didn't have as much passion behind it. It seemed like the fans weren't the same. They were screaming loud and and everything, and there's 110,000 fans. It was loud. I mean there it's loud in the stadium don't get me wrong uh that stadium's huge but it didn't seem like like they didn't I don't know if it's because they live there and they're so used to the game or whatnot uh, but it didn't seem like they were as loud as like at the Virginia Tech game cuz i think college athletics have a little bit more passion behind them for some reason the tradition and everything like that but i'll tell you this the Cowboys stadium did get loud when there was a pick six early in the game the cowboys picked it off and ran it back um I think it was Palmer's first interception of the year or something through a pick six, and it got nuts in there for a second. But then, yeah, as you could see as it started to dwindle in the late part of the fourth quarter, it was pretty quiet in there. Cowboys-Cardinals, number three. Number four, Georgia versus Boise State. Oh, the Georgia Dome. This was the year after the Virginia Tech game. They, they opened up in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game against Georgia. Man, that was another great experience that one was so awesome because it was my buddy and I, the same friend I went to Washington D.C. with and to the Fiesta Bowl with. Um, both of those times we went with his family. Um, this time it was just us, and it was it was kind of nerve wracking. It was our first time just going by ourselves and kind of you know experiencing the travel by ourselves. And and that was a really cool learning opportunity for us because um he pretty much planned out everything, figured it out like where we go, how do we get to this place and this place and this place. And we got to chill in downtown Atlanta um and experience a couple of great things there. Uh we I mean besides like the the touristy areas like the Coca-Cola factory which we can get to in another time, but like we got sick in there. I know he did, I got sick like drinking so much soda at the end trying to like do the testing for the flavors and all that stuff yuck gross dude we were like in shock afterwards because there was so much sugar that we had just taken in in like 15 minutes anyways during the time that we were there we got there on a wednesday um it happened to be the same week that georgia tech was opening their their season against like i think it was western carolina um so we bought really really cheap tickets i think they were less than 15 bucks for like second row seats at georgia tech stadium which was awesome um and that stadium's right off the street like you're walking down the street the stadium's on your right side and you can just walk into the stadium like i don't know if it's like that now but we were walking on wednesday after we got to our hotel walking around uh atlanta and the stadium's right there and you can just walk up off the sidewalk up to the entrance of the stadium and it's just open and we just walked into the stadium and we were just sitting there with nobody in there, um, just kind of embracing it and, and getting to feel what it was like to be in that stadium. I was like, wow. And then the next day is when we went to the game. And that game was amazing. It, I mean, it was cool to see the Southern style of football. Like those, those people are like, they're pretty unique fans. They're funny. We had a good time and uh, got to watch them. And we bought Georgia Tech shirts and and made it look like we were Georgia Tech fans so we could just like run with them. And it was a really cool experience. Uh, so the, the next day it was on a Friday night. The Braves were taking on the Dodgers. My buddy's a Dodgers fan, uh, but we got to go to Turner field and watch a Braves game. I think that was less than 10 bucks of a, a ticket as well. Um, great time. Like, I mean, it's, I'm not a fan of baseball. I'm not a huge fan of baseball, but at the same time, that's an experience like you want to have, you want to at least go. And I wanted to say I did it. And I actually had a great time watching the game. It was, I mean, baseball to me is a little boring, especially in the regular season, but just being there and, you know, we took tons of pictures. There's a lot of history behind everything there. Oh man, so awesome. And then the big game was on Saturday between Georgia and Boise state. So um, we got to go watch Kellen Moore once again, dissect a defense. This time it was an SEC defense, just crush them um pick them apart one by one and we we won the game pretty well like it was a close game going you know first two quarters and then started pulling away with it and it was it was exciting man that was that was a loud stadium too um and my buddy's his my buddy's dad and uncle ended up meeting us there the day of the game but the entire experience in Georgia was insane because we got to be there by ourselves the majority of the week um it was the same weekend as the uh, Comic Con or Dragon Con, whatever it's called, convention in downtown Atlanta. So that was an experience in itself. I was so far outside my comfort zone walking downtown with everybody there, but it was kind of cool because I've never experienced that before. Check that one off. And then this <laughs> it was the Gay Black Pride Parade as well. So we had a, a pretty sports field and, <laughs> you know, I could say action-filled weekend. Just everything was, it was uh, very unique. So that was number four, and my number five, if I'm ranking my all time experiences for football, at least Ohio State and Clemson. I got to go to the Fiesta Bowl this year, which was the uh, college football semifinal, and this was another trip that I got for a pretty cheap price because of the um, the tickets. The Dallas Cowboys game, I didn't have to play for, pay for my plane ride because um, I had a rewards points for it. That wasn't cheap though. We ended up spending like a thousand dollars that game, but like this one. Um, I I got uh, free flights from Southwest using my rewards points, and uh, we pretty much got a huge discount on the hotel. So all in all, going down to the semifinal game, we ended up spending like um, less than $500 for my wife, myself, and my little boy who's less than a year old. It was a really cool experience. The game itself was a blowout, absolute blowout. Uh, Clemson, who ended up being the national champion. I mean, we lost to the best team in the country, hands down. Uh, But the game was disgusting but the whole entire lead up to the game was unreal unlike anything i've experienced even even the fiesta bowl in 2007 even like the virginia tech game nothing lead, like there was no experience like the ohio state one they the experience itself, the reason i put those other ones ahead of it is because the games were better but the experience of this one was 10 times better just the fan base they're smarter they have more knowledge of the, you know, the history of the school and the rivalries and the tradition of football. And man, they're passionate. We're playing Clemson, and we're walking through the stadium, and they're screaming "F Michigan." They're not even playing Michigan, and you get the O H I O chance. F Michigan. Like they're screaming that over and over. I'm like, this is college football right here. College football at its greatest right here, and that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. So because of that, my wife and I are actually going to be going down to the Ohio State-Oklahoma game if we can get some tickets there um, using some rewards points to make it a pretty inexpensive trip when it comes down to everything, Uh, make it a fun weekend in Columbus this next year. But because of that Ohio State game that I got to witness, um, I made me want to get more. It's just that natural hire, like this is what I live for. I want to do this and experience this with my family and experience a vacation, not only the sporting event, but the actual vacation behind it. It's the whole trip is just unbelievable. So those are my top five. You got the Fiesta Bowl in 07, Virginia Tech, Boise State in 2010, Cowboys Cardinals 2014, uh, Georgia, Boise State 2011, and Ohio State Clemson, the college football semifinal at the end of 2016. So, guys, that's it for the show today. Um, I'm your Game Time Guru, Shane Larson. So if you want to follow me, go on to iTunes, um, Stitcher, podcast addict type in the game time guru you'll find it there it should be updated on itunes and podcast addict now uh the only thing is i'm running into some problems with stitcher i'm still contacting them Uh, it still has my old podcast name set up it was 208 sports review with the old logo Um, i'm trying to get them to get that all fixed it's also on soundcloud and you can go to my website thegametimeguru.com and uh check it out there so That's where you can find me. Subscribe, leave me some comments, but most of all, leave some reviews for me, please. Um, And let me know what you'd like to hear. I want to get this thing rolling. So again, I'm your Game Time Guru, Shane Larson. I'll talk to you next week.